0: Welcome to the Dear World Podcast, the place where if you drink your water and you mind your business, you'll be just fine. I'm your host, Miss Amber J. We're all family here, so nothing is off limits. New episodes air every Tuesday at midnight. Do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Don't forget to turn on your notifications so that you will be alerted whenever a new episode has been posted. what's going on y'all welcome to season three episode seven of the dear world podcast we are officially three episodes away from the season finale please keep in mind that once the season finale airs there will be a two-week break before we dive into season four as usual thank you for listening to the dear world podcast don't forget to share this episode with your family and friends Okay, first and foremost, my usual disclaimers, I apologize if you hear noise in the background. I have the desire to listen to music right now, so you're probably going to hear it playing. Anywho, I don't know if you guys watch All American, but if you don't, you should definitely check it out. It's a great show. I'm going to ruin this week's episode because that is what actually motivated today's topic. in this week's episode spencer james who is the main character of all american is hospitalized due to a gunshot wound upon arriving to the hospital hospital staff automatically assumed that spencer was in a gang and they thought that this was a gang related shooting they did a hospital lockdown because they didn't want any gang members retaliating and trying to finish spencer off which it's not uncommon when an individual is shot, they tend to do that simply because a gang member was killed in the hospital because his information was released after he was shot. So a lot of a lot of hospitals have this lockdown policy where only immediately fam- immediate family members are allowed to visit and they don't release any information in regards to you actually being shot. So that's not uncommon. The damn doctor, who was, of course, a white man, did not want to administer any pain medication until they ran all of these tests to confirm or eliminate if Spencer was a drug user. But let's let's underline the fact that he assumed that he was a drug user simply because he was a young black man who was being admitted for a gunshot wound. Um, they didn't want to give him a blood transfusion the doctor said that he could wait and that's when the black nurse put her foot down she said he's having the transfusion and he's having it now she also said something along the lines of basically if he wasn't black that he would be receiving a different level of care and putting aside the fact that he was black and whether he was a gang member or not they were healthcare professionals so it was their job to administer proper care to him I really appreciated this week's episode because it highlighted the inequalities that take place within the healthcare industry. The following information is from AHRQ.gov, which is Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality. The title of the article is Disparities in Healthcare Quality Among Racial and Ethnic Minority Groups. Now, while there is an entire article, I'm just going to read some of the bullet points and... Just so you guys know, American Indians is AI and Alaskan Natives is AN. So, disparities in quality of care are common. Blacks and AI ANs received worse care than whites for about 40% of measures. Asians received worse care than whites for about 20% of measures. Hispanics receive worse care than non-Hispanic whites for about 60% of core measures. Poor people receive worse care than high-income people for about 80% of core measures. Blacks had worse access to care than whites for one-third of core measures. Asians and AIs slash ANs had worse care. I'm sorry, had worse access to care than whites for one of five core measures. Hispanics had worse access to care than Hispanic whites for five of six core measures. Poor people had worse access to care than high-income people for all six core measures. Fewer than 20% of disparities faced by Blacks AIs and ANs, Hispanics and poor people show evidence of narrowing. The Asian white gap was narrowing for about 30% of core measures, the largest proportion of any group, but most disparities were not changing. So when I say core measure, a core measure is a national standard of care and treatment process for common conditions. The process of a core measure is put in place to reduce complications and basically lead to um, better patient outcomes. I know that that was a mouthful, but basically it's stating that minorities, meaning Native Americans, Alaska Natives, Black people, Hispanics and Asians are not receiving fucking quality care compared to white people. I would also like to draw reference to an article written by Stephen Thomas and Erica Casper. The title of the article is The Burdens of Race in History on Black People's Health 400 Years After Jamestown. Um. I think this is actually a research paper, but it's broken down into an article. So it says, although health disparities between blacks and whites in the United States have existed since the very first settlers arrived, there was no systematic documentation of excess death among black and other minority groups compared with the white population until 1985. Furthermore, the article goes on to say the United States has made progress in extending the length and quality of life for everyone. But even with that progress, there is clear evidence that certain racial and ethnic groups, black, Latino, American Indian, Asian and Pacific Islanders suffer a disproportionate burden of premature illness and preventable death compared with whites. I'm gonna read that shit again. The United States has made progress in extending the length and quality of life for everyone. But even with that progress, there is clear evidence that certain racial and ethnic groups, black, Latino, American Indian, Asian and Pacific Islanders suffer a disproportionate burden of premature illness and preventable death compared with whites. As racial and ethnic populations continue to grow toward becoming the numerical majority, their health and well-being will become the health and baseline status for the nation. And I have to read the last two paragraphs of this article because they are absolutely phenomenal. Race and racism continue to be the color line that, as first described by W.E.B. Du Bois, defines the great challenge of our democracy. As he stated, the problem of the 20th century is the problem of the color line. The relation of the darker to the lighter races of men in Asia, in Africa, in America, and the islands of the sea. In the 21st century, that color line runs through population health. It is sometimes easier to gloss over race and racism than to face them head on and acknowledge how pervasive they are in today's society. We must focus on educating and inspiring the general public to demand ethical health treatment as a major element in the elimination of social inequality. If we are to succeed in the quest to eliminate racial and ethnic health disparities to achieve health equity, we must bring to the foreground a history that, because of the magnitude of its shame, has been too often ignored and discourse about the pervasive influence of racism in the fields of medicine and public health. Racial discrimination in the healthcare field is sadly why a lot of people belonging to minority groups don't like going to the doctor. They don't like going to hospitals. They don't like receiving medical care because they're not receiving quality care. And then doctors are not well versed on how to treat their illnesses or how to treat them as individuals. And that's a problem. If you guys have some time, especially my black men, go to hbr.org and check out the article by Nicole Torres. It's called Research Having a Black Doctor Led Black Men to Receive More Effective Care. It's a really interesting article, a lot of good information. So if you do have some time, head over to hbr.org and check out the article. Again, it's by Nicole Torres. Her last name is T-O-R-R-E-S and the article's title is Research, Having a Black Doctor Led Black Men to Receive More Effective Care. It blows my mind that all of this research exists. Meanwhile, we still haven't scratched the surface of inequalities within the healthcare system in regards to healthcare insurance and the lack thereof. All right, this is the part of the episode where I tie it all together and stop rambling. Going back to All-American and using Spencer James being shot as a reference. If the shoe was on the other foot and the person was white, they wouldn't have assumed that he was in a gang. They wouldn't have assumed that he was a drug user. They wouldn't have hesitated with so many things such as giving him a blood transfusion when it was obvious that he needed one. Bottom line... Institutional racism in the healthcare system does exist. All right, I'm not going to continue to talk you guys' ears off, but I hope that this episode was enlightening and that you learned something. Please visit a physician that you can trust, one that listens to your health concerns, and one who takes your health concerns seriously. We're going to end this episode with a quote from Dr. Mae Jemison, the first African-American female astronaut, by the way. Never be limited by other people's limited imaginations. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Dear World. Again, I'm your host, Miss Amber J. If you enjoyed your listening experience, don't forget to rate this podcast and share it with your family and friends. As always, drink your water, mind your business.